7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. Thank you, Greg. Uh, very good evening and thanks for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot On uh, with me, Tabi Somosia, Luyolom Kalip and Katlako Mudiba producing. Babalom Duma is our technical producer. And tonight on the show, we are going to speak to professional cricketer, tent commentator and uh, also now president of the SA Cricketers Association, Saka. He's taken over from JP Dumini and he will talk to us about his role. His name is Umpile Ramela, an experienced and highly respected cricketer of of course, who's played over 200 first-class list A and domestic T20 matches over a nine-year professional career to date. He also holds a master's degree in economics and an honors degree in philosophy. And uh, he is now president of the SA Cricketers Association. So we'll catch up with the Umpila to find out about his role, what does it entail, what are some of the player issues uh, in South African cricket and all of that. And we'll also touch on his career and his commentary, of course, because uh, when we tweeted earlier on, a lot of people are saying that they're enjoying his commentary on SABC Sport. He was also uh, commentating today on day one of that uh, test match between uh, the Proteas and Sri Lanka. It is the second and final test being played in PE. Sri Lanka seeking to become the first Asian team to win a test series here in South Africa and if you missed the day's action then the Proteas won the toss elected to bet first. They were bowled out for 222 and at stamps on day one Sri Lanka went in on 60 for 3 still uh, 162 runs behind there. Uh, But before we we speak to Umpile. We are going to have a conversation here um, with Lions Rugby ahead of their clash against the Bulls and uh, the build-up has been clouded in controversy after the Lions released their entertainment lineup for the Derby and uh, many people feel that this lineup is not inclusive at all and uh, not a true reflection of the diversity of the people that attend rugby games. I know that some of you will say that you go to the rugby for the rugby and not for the entertainment uh, but let's be honest in nowadays and this modern era now uh, sport is more than just about the game on the field. Uh, stadiums are creating a stadium experience, a family experience for you and uh, for the kids. It's become more than just about the game and um and they want you to come early so that you can enjoy the entertainment and many people have hit out at the Lions for not being considerate when they announced their lineup for this clash against the Bulls so we will touch on that and please give us your views here on 0891 our SMS line is 40938 and on WhatsApp we take voice notes on 0614104107 we are also using the hashtag uh, SAFM uh, sport on on social media and if you uh, are not aware of that lineup or who is part of the lineup well uh, they've got Bok van Black they've got Peter Smith they've got Rowan Ash Lizel Peters Elisma Teron Adam Tess Peter Kuhn and Dak van der Westhuizen they will be performing on the day when the Lions take on the Bulls on the 2nd of March at 3pm Leading Sport Stories of the Day on SAFM I forgot to mention that we're also going to catch up with the new signing at Cape Town City, Travis Graham. He was confirmed uh, today by Cape Town City and we'll have a few minutes with him. But now let's talk about this poster that is everybody talking and that has to do with Lions Rugby Union's lineup of artists that are going to perform at their home game against the Bulls next week at Ellis Park or is it Emirates Airline Park as they call it for the rugby as I read the artist, I mean, they're basically all white and some people have voiced their opinion on social media saying there's no diversity and that the lineup upholds the notion that rugby is a white sport and does not accommodate everyone who supports the team. 
We did reach out to the Lions. We spoke to your land defender today, the marketing manager at the union. She promised to speak to us. She confirmed that she'll speak to us. Or if she can't speak to us, she'll get us someone to be on the show. But she has since been ignoring our calls and we now can't get hold of the Lions. We also put through a call to an organization called Caring Daisies, who we understand that they were responsible working with the Lions for this lineup. They also agreed to the interview. They asked us to send them questions. We did send them questions, uh, but after we sent the questions, they said that they can't be on the show tonight. Uh, but we've brought in a marketing expert in Stuart Marcella to help us look at the situation and help maybe help people understand why uh, others are not happy with this lineup. And hopefully when all the parties concerned are ready to talk, and then they will get in touch with us. And Stuart joins us on the line now. He's the Managing Director at EXP, a sponsorship and marketing agency. Stu, good evening and thank you for, for, for joining us again on SAFM, sir. Good evening, Tavitha, and good evening to the I've mentioned the poster. I've read out the, 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 the artists that are performing, the likes of Bok van, Balk, van Black, Peter Smith, and uh, Lizel Peterser, and uh, also Dirk van der Vestes. And What was your initial reaction when you saw this poster? My initial reaction was that Someone, it, it's a good thing that the union have tried to, you know, include entertainment as part of the whole package for for the game on Saturday, you know, and and they went through the the the, the, the artist in the lineup. What didn't happen is that they didn't check if to say does this lineup satisfy all their clientele, you know, because as a, as a business they need to look at the clientele and satisfy their clientele. And I think from the uproar that you've seen is because some some people feel left out. Mm, and I mentioned earlier on that some people might say that we go to the rugby just to watch rugby. We don't care about entertainment. But the, the, the ball game has changed. And that's why you are also saying that it's a good thing that they came up with this idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think everywhere internationally as well, Travis, you know, is that when, 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 when you look at sport, let's, let's look at, at, at just a past example in terms of, of, of the Super Bowl, you know. Yeah. There's always some entertainment that, that they put in. And, and anyway... Music goes very much hand in hand with, with sport, and, and if you've been to rugby games before in your life, you know you know that there's so many breaks in between. The music is always playing and pumping. Uh, they they run on into music, so there is a culture of music around 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 sport, and, and in particular. But you know, sport landscape has changed so much, so that the companies need to, to be able to look after their own clients. Because if you don't look after your clients, then your clients don't want to come to the to the stadium because. Any paying customer would expect at least to be entertained if they is entertained in addition to the rugby. Mm. So yes, I think from the from the Golden Lion side, it, they didn't look at that at that at that at that package better to say, are we looking after all our clientele? Are we looking after the people that will be coming to the game? Will they all love this music? I was about to say, uh, Stuart Marcella, for those who don't understand what the fuss is about, how do you explain it? I think it's simple, you know, as a, as a, as a paying customer, and, 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 and as, you, as you know, our, our company always works, works with this big uh, uh, event, sporting event, you know, and, and, and we do include, include music as, as part of the, the entertainment in the lineup for, for the fans, and, and the fans do give feedback, you know, and the fans do look forward to attending, because sometimes this is your one event that you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going you're gonna to attend over, over a weekend, you know, with, with your family. But you don't want to go there and feel excluded. So, so I think my explanation would be that someone at the Lions actually did, didn't look through the lineup properly and say, "Is it accommodating enough for everyone?" You know, it can't just be because the way you've looked at it, you're saying that music is only for people who understand or like African music, and mm-hmm. it's got nothing to do with the people that 
actually go to 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 Emirates Lions Stadium. Does it then take us back to that notion uh, that rugby is still classified as a white sport? Like Rory Sang is saying on Twitter that other people don't seem to have a space in their so-called territory. No, I don't think rugby rugby is a white sport. Rugby, for the fact that you you have this uproar, for the fact that people are are complaining and voicing their 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 opinion, is because the people do go watch the lions. The people do love the lions as as their team. You know, so the lions need to be able to acknowledge those people that that come to the stadiums and 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 make sure that in their entertainment lineup they they they, they do look at in terms of saying what are we going to do with our current uh, consumers. When we spoke to them during the day, they said that they used to have Mandoza at the stadium to go and perform. Uh, is that justification? I mean, is, is that good enough? Or does it also play to the stereotypes now that you get the one black guy that sings the one song that the white, the white people like and you feel that you've done your part? I think, I think, I think it's, 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 it's pretty much a, a, a stereotype, but it also shows lack of understanding of the clientele, you know, to say marketing must be done by marketers. You know, marketing is not because I love rugby, therefore I, I will do marketing for rugby. I think you need to be a specialist in the space to understand what the client needs. Loving rugby is not the same as someone who then understands the consumer once they come to the game, what is that they want. You know, we've always said uh, rugby teams must play uh, interesting, attacking rugby, and the Lions have done that. And that's why you see the numbers are, are, are increasing at the stadiums, and their numbers... It's, 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 it's a diverse crowd that comes there. So they should just be on the path and understand that they need to, what they need to do. You can't go back to say, we used to play Mendoza. You can say, we are going to have a block from Berg, but you're also going to have a do. You're also going to have a, a, a Soweto Gospel Choir, you know? So, so that the people that are there feel that they are part of the team and the team belongs to them. As they say, it's your next team. Mm. Let's go to the lines. Tsepo has called us from Mukopana. You can also call us on 0891-104-207. We take voice notes on WhatsApp, 061-4104-107. And our SMS line is 40938. Tsepo, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Good evening, gents. Um, nice program. And, and it's not surprising the world can notice that today. And mm. we know how big the Lions brand is and we know how much rugby is loved. If anyone... If anyone organizes such a match and then organizes an entertainment of that stature and doesn't consider the other side, I think it's, it's very unfair on the organizer's part. I'm sure the real owners of Lions will probably agree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, this transformation thing should be a conscious effort from everyone. And I think it's a, it's a responsibility of every good South African to do the right thing. Okay, Tsepo, thanks there. We were really hoping to speak to the Lions. We're happy that they agreed uh, to speak to us to address this matter. But as I mentioned earlier on, uh, they pulled out um, of the interview here. Stuart, how would they have missed? I mean, surely they've got a big team at the Lions. I've been there. I know they've got a massive team. How would they have missed something like this, especially in this day and age that we are living in? Yeah, I think I think, I think, I think in South Africa... Companies need to understand that diversity is something that's very important. You know, to have someone that has a, a, a different view, a different opinion, a different upbringing to you, because you're serving a, a, a particular client client base. You know, so that's that that's where it starts. That is, if 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 someone was in the team and someone would have seen that, guys, there's something that's not right here. It, it might not have been the lion that themselves that have have proposed this whole idea. 
you know, someone might have said to you, to them, you're going to come up with the lineup, you're going to pay, you're going to pay the artist, you're going to do all this stuff, you know? And then as a rights holder, they, they're happy to say someone is helping them to make their event um, attractive enough. But they should have a, 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 a look at it and say, is this right? Is this talking to our client, current client base and our future client base? Because this thing is about the future, you know? Um, mm. The Lions win their, their, their next game. All of a sudden, everybody's talking about, you know, are they going to be playing the way they, they've been playing in the past three seasons to make, to make it all the way to the final? And as, as they progress more to the final, more and more South Africans, more and more people in Gauteng are supporting them. So you look at the diversity of Gauteng and say, how do you accommodate the, the, the diversity out there? So it, 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 it can happen if, if, if people are not another way of, of, of consumer trends. That's why I'm saying marketing must be done by marketers. You know, uh, and, 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 and the whole team at Gauteng is supposed to look at it and say, okay, here's the entertainment, good. You know, it does it cater for everyone? Someone says, no, it doesn't. So how do you make it cater for everyone? You know, mm-hmm. as much as they check, if there's a controversial group um, performing, both unions will say, no, we're not, we're not going to do it, you know. Or the fans, or the fans are going to say, why do you, if you bring this person, you know, I come to the stadium. So they need to understand the sensitivities of the market out there. Okay. Siloin Mukopane, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for taking my call, Tabi. So, look, I think when, when we said they have missed it to include other uh uh, musician there, especially let's say black in in black is so um, uh, 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 it's wrong. They just it's not missing that they did that in uh, deliberately so. I mean they 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 know that the lions have supporters, black and white and colored and so forth. Why could they they, they think first before they t- uh, they put this uh, kind of lineup that should particular. Uh, 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 race. So I think they just did that deliberately to uh, uh, to test what will happen if they did that. But it is their uh, their mistake on their part. And mm. so, uh, yeah, I think. And that's a general. And that is really a general feeling that you've just uh, got across. There's still a lot of people feel like that. I know Tammy says that uh, the Lions are not making any secret of who they know their support base is. It is uh, only Afrikaner. That's who they are targeting. And uh, someone says that lineup reads like a brooder bond meeting attendees. Stuart, these days it's no secret that brands also have a social cohesion responsibility uh, here because now you're not just judged by how good your rugby team is or how much profit you are making uh, as a sponsor or whatever. You also have to be in touch with what's happening on the ground. Yeah, I, I, I think I think we need to go back to, to, to what uh, Nelson Mandela once said, you know, around what, what, what sports does in terms of uniting a nation. You know, and, and and if you remember when he said those words, it's when a lot of people were saying, "Why are we supporting the Springboks?" You know, the, the symbol of apartheid and all that stuff. But from there on, people could now see and understand that South Africans have always loved, loved rugby. South Africans have always felt excluded. But Mandela opened the, the, the channel. So that's why I'm saying people need to be able to acknowledge and say, "We've made a mistake." Or we, we, we didn't know because sometimes when you don't know things, you don't yeah. know them. You didn't know that this is how much South Africans feel about this, uh, about this lineup that you've we've put together. Therefore, now, now let's listen to the people. Let's go back to the people and say we've heard you, and we acknowledge our mistake. And now we're going to fix it. 
You know, because I think as South Africans will be able to understand that okay, on their side it was it was a mistake or or, or a blind spot. Now we've made them aware of the blind spot and they're gonna do the right stuff. And uh, there's an SMS here from Lungis Nyembe in Lady Smith saying that uh, these people, are, these white people, are subconsciously exposing their racism. I don't think they saw anything wrong until it was raised by the media. This is what we go through on a daily basis in the corporate world. How do they now rectify this? We were hoping to speak to them. Is the damage done? Can they rectify this? Can how do they do better? Yeah. So so when things like this, so the first the first rule is that you don't hide, hide under a rock. You come out, you listen to what the people are saying, you fix and, and you acknowledge that South Africans at least are still um, uh, honest enough to tell you that you haven't done things correctly, therefore they want to assist you to do things correctly. That's how, that's how brands grow, you know, that's how, that's how brands uh, become accommodative and, and, and inclusive to everyone. So there's still a chance. I, I know that they're listening wherever they are, there's still a chance for them to to fix this. There's still a chance for them to talk to South Africans that say, you heard you. This is your team. And we will try our own ends to make sure that our, our, our team, our entertainment and stuff around us is transformative enough so that sport can do what sport does, which is unite and bring people together and make us sometimes forget our problems and enjoy ourselves for, for some time. Okay, let's go to Mtura in the Eastern Cape. Is it Mtura that's called us? What's your view here? No, my view is that I'm very grateful that the Lions actually exposed who they really are. Um, because it cannot be the mistake at this day and age after 25 years of um, democracy. They've tried to um, window dress it by the players that they buy from other provinces, from, um, from what you call it, from developmental, from developmental teams. So for me, it's a good thing. But now, what needs to go? Well, what we need to do going forward? We need to. They need to be engaged. You understand? Mm. Because we cannot have this thing going on for for forever. Mm. I mean, it's the same thing as that happens to other provinces. If my, if if you can really check in the rapid cycles, the Bulls will do the same. They'll buy the players from uh, what do you call it. They'll buy players from other provinces. It's not because they cannot groom black players or there are no black players in their in their system. It's because of this mentality that rugby is for them and they are the superiors. Forget about the poster. Oh. Your call has been placed on hold. Oh, no. I'm not sure what happened there with them. Try. Let's go to the voice notes quickly before we wrap up this conversation. I think this should be seen for what it really is. A blatant disregard for black people in this country. I mean that the Lions are not even willing to field questions on an on, on, on issue that divides South Africa this much, you know, is a clear indication of what they think of, of their black support. Um, you know, this is a union that has been given the likes of Ojanji, the likes of Osimelane, the likes of Ojanjis, you know, by, 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 the black, by the black population in this country, you understand? Transformation should not merely be on the field of play. You know, we need to see black entertainers, you know, creeping into that space now, you know. A very good evening to you and the listeners. I'd like to know something. Why do we always make a situation into a racial thing? Why are we inciting racial hateness 
99.9% of ministers, members of parliaments, municipal managers are all black. You don't get the Indians, the whites saying that this is now no transformation. We are, the event hasn't even been finished and we are jumping to a conclusion. Let the event finish. If there is no black songs being played, who says whites don't play black songs? Who says whites don't play Indian songs? Let the event finish and then you can make a judgment. Let's not incite hatredness. Let's build a rainbow South Africa for all and let's promote happiness and a culture for all of us to live in one beautiful country. Thank you. Thank you for that voice note. And that's what we are also hoping to achieve. But from the reaction that we've seen, people, by just looking at the lineup, they're saying that they feel excluded. So they're not even going to go to the stadium to go listen if they're going to sing black songs or not because they are, they're those people they can't relate to and they feel that that entertainment is not being catered for them. And as far as the ministers and, and the other argument is concerned, I'm not going to get into that But because it's the same argument as why are there no white players in Bafana Bafana when we really think about it, 90% of the majority of South Africans are black people. So if there's one player in a, in a team of of 11 in Bafana Bafana. If there's one white player, that should be enough as far as the demographics are concerned. So we also need to be factual here. Uh, Stuart, are we making a big issue out of nothing here As we, before we let you go? No, I don't, think, I don't think people are making a big issue out of nothing. I think it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a genuine concern and it's, it's, it's things that need to be raised in order for this country to be able to move forward. These things need to be, to be ventilated at and also, I, I, and I think if, if, if I was the president of the Lions, I would be sitting there and being happy to say South Africans are actually not noticing what we are doing. South Africans are actually interested in what we are doing. So what we need to do in return, because we provide a service, and their service is an entertainment service, and that service says entertainment for all South Africans. So that's why they go out and call themselves Jurekas' number one team. Let the Jurex number one team represent Jurex. You know, it's it, 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 it's simple for for marketers. And I think, with all the marketers, we've done mistakes, we've done things wrong in our lives. You know, but we've had people who are more senior, more uh, uh, knowledgeable than us, who teach us to say, now that we've done things this way, the best way to do it is this way. You know, hope to learn from a mistake. And, and as I said, I don't think they should be getting under the rock. They should come out clearly and speak to people. And people mustn't make it about about race and uh, the, the, the other colors. This thing is about understanding your consumer. If I am Stuart and I'm a consumer and a support of the lion, I want to come to the game and, I, and this is what I see. And you understand me, just, therefore you're pushing me away. You say, I must go back, I must go to rugby, I must go, I must go to football, I must go to karate. Just understand your consumer. People who go to Ellis Park on a weekly basis are not just white people like Afghans music. People go to rugby because they love rugby and the atmosphere that's there. So create that atmosphere and include them in, in, in the lineups for music. Okay, Stuart Masella, MD at AXP, a sponsorship and um, marketing agency. Thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. Let's take a quick break. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. And there's so much reaction on this topic here of the lion. Somebody says that voice note must respect us, please. Who's going to sing Munati Mpulai? <laughs> and somebody says they failed to market for the diverse society. Poor marketing on the lion's uh, side of uh, things. And uh, Sandile says lions and bulls are still caught up in Transvaal times where blacks were excluded in rugby. And as I said to that voice note, I mean, if the majority of the country is 90% black and there are 90% black ministers in parliament, that's a true reflection of our country. I don't see anything wrong with that.
that. Uh, let's have a quick chat with Travis Graham before we talk to Umpile. Travis has signed for Cape Town City. Lots of reactions since we tweeted that we're speaking to him. Travisto, Travisto, good evening and thank you for joining us on SAFM. Hey, Tabiso. Thanks for having me on the show. Great, man. How does it feel now to be at Cape Town City after being out in the wilderness for some time? Yeah, it's been a tough time. Um, but, you know, uh, I never gave up. And I'm very grateful and thankful uh, for Cape Town City and the management for giving me an opportunity again to uh, showcase my talent. And what was the issue? Were you injured? Were you out injured? Or were you just uh, struggling to find a team? Look, um, I have been sidelined by uh, Ike's Cape Town uh, back in 2017. Um, it lasted for a whole season, actually. And then uh, I was trying to, to get into uh, another club, but it was harder than I thought um, because of being out for one season. So, um, you know, I kept on going and, and finally uh, someone uh, put their trust in me. And I'm very grateful for that. Was it surprising for you, uh, Travis, because it was surprising for all of us that it will take so long for you to uh, find a club and to be sidelined for so long because you were even linked with the move to Gauteng at some stage? Yeah, it was. It was uh, very surprising. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the reality. Sometimes things go your way, sometimes it doesn't. And you have to deal with it. You have to accept it. Um, and I did. And I kept on working hard, kept on, you know, making sure I was, was fit. Uh, going to the gym, making sure I'm in 100% shape. And, you know, I always believe that uh, my chance would come and, and finally it came. Were you disappointed at how things ended at Ajax and why were you even sidelined? I don't really want to comment on that, but I would say, like, I was quite disappointed um, how things were managed. Um, I did, yes, I did. I wanted to leave uh, the club uh, for my, my last uh, year of the contract. Um, and I wanted to make a deal uh, so that I could get something um, out of out of me, you know, because I've been there for a very long time. Unfortunately, uh, things didn't go the way I planned it to be. Uh, maybe it was God's plan, but, you know, uh, things didn't happen that way. And um, so I, I actually stayed on the sideline, making sure I was ready to come back. Um, but it was, yeah, a very tough, tough time. And what kept you going during this tough time? Just the passion for football, you know. You've been growing up for the love of football, making sure you're doing everything professionally. And then, you know, for this, just one season, you, you get, a, you know, a bad run. And for me, it's, 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 a, it's a time where, you know, you learn a lot um, and you have to accept it. You know, if you, if you go into the dark patch, you know, some players don't come out of it and... You know, luckily for me, I had my, my uh, family supporting me, you know, friends, my fiancé. And, you know, I, I, I got out of that uh, dark situation and, you know, things are, are looking bright for me at the moment. And what are you hoping to achieve here at Cape Town City? I see it's a short-term deal. Is there a reason for that? Look, it's a short-term deal. Um, obviously, things have gone a bit south for them um, in terms of the injuries that yeah. they have. Um, but I'm looking to help out wherever uh, needed. You know, Cape Town City is a, a good club. They're doing quite well, uh, especially this season. You know, they still have uh, Netbank uh, Cup coming their way. And hopefully we can we can do another trophy for, for the supporters and for the club as well. But also just to, to keep the momentum going. Um, I believe Cape Town City needs to be 
in the top four, you know, challenging with the top teams because that's that's the way the club is being run at the moment, very professional, and the coaches that they have, the management, you know, everything is, is, is very good. Oh man, great stuff, uh, Travis. So many people happy to have you back. Pablo says, I'm so happy for this boy. I was hoping he goes to Pirates. Uh, good to see him back. I hope it goes well for him because it's very, very good. And I think those are the sentiments ever since your, your your signing was announced. A lot of people are happy that you're back and you'll be playing football. And we're looking forward to seeing you on the field of play. Uh, Travis, we wish you all the best and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me once again. Thank you. Travis is blue. He's a blue. The new Cape Town City signing there. Travis uh, Graham talking to us on SAFM. And we certainly wish him all the best of luck. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. And let's now turn focus and talk cricket. We've got a guest in studio, Umpile Ramela. Also, so much reaction after we announced that he's going to be talking to us. Umpile, good evening. Thank you for joining us on SAFM. Good evening, Tabiso. Thank you very much for having me on SAFM. I think it's a privilege. It's something I listen to at home, but it's good to be here. Thank you. You were commentating today. What do you make of the first day's play of cricket? Um, I think it's a, it's now in the balance. I think at tea time, Sri Lanka were in the pound seat. They were very good. I think they started off really well with the ball, both particularly good areas. But after lunch, they kind of drifted a little bit. And they managed to claw them, their way back into the game and ball South Africa out for just over 200. And South Africa has started very well with the ball. So tomorrow makes for an intriguing day of Test Match cricket. And I think it's going to be quite interesting to see if Sri Lanka can actually survive the first hour because that's where the balance of the game is really going to hang. So it was a very good day for Test cricket. I think you couldn't keep your eye off, off the television. I think it was really good. And I think the people on radio were thoroughly entertained as well. Were you surprised by this decision to bet fast after Faf Duplessis won the toss? Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Sri Lankans said they would have bowled anyway. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I was mildly surprised, but I think also in South African conditions, you always want to bat and try put a score on the board. And I think they they probably trust their batters that they can bat while at St. George's. And it's often a sign of positivity. It's not like the wicket was overly green. So I think it was a good decision to bat first. And I think it just didn't work out. I think our top three in the last few games have struggled to almost put any meaningful partnerships together. So it often doesn't justify or at least give the captain some breathing space when he makes those kind of decisions but I think it was a good decision for Faf to go bad I think it's also showing a lot of trust in his top three as well Are you concerned though by that betting lineup because there have been concerns raised now we've been seeing some low scores lately and the argument is that the coach as a former fast bowler is focusing too much on the bowlers Absolutely not I don't think the coach is that naive and he would neglect the batting to that extent I think sometimes it's a combination of things I think Hashim Amla who's been a stalwart for South African cricket hasn't been at his best and I think that makes things a lot more difficult. You know, a guy like Dean Alga has been terrific for an extended period of time. And Aidan Markram has blown hot and cold, you know. So I think it, it, has, it, hasn't, it hasn't almost settled down as a top three. So I think it makes it difficult. I, I don't think the coach, it has anything to do with the coach being a previous fast bowler. I think Otis Gibson has been around in the circuit long enough. If anything, he'll be more concerned that the, the batting is not coming together. Let's talk about your commentary. I mentioned that a lot of people are excited. They love your commentary. Is it something that you've always wanted to do? No, I actually stumbled into commentary <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the MSL came along. But ah. before that, I, I did um, kind of an internship with Supersport. Mm-hmm. Um, was that for the Africa Cup? Yeah, for the Varsity Cup. Varsity yeah, Cup. so oh, it was a very yes. trial kind of. They've got a, they had a young crew, kind of yes. guys that were playing at the time. So that was a bit uh, ad hoc. But then during the Mzansi Super League, I got a... Great opportunity with the SABC to 
commentate during that um, during that competition, and I think it was an eye opener. I, th- I thought it was something that I could do, and I, I understood the game quite well. So I thought I could actually make a meaningful contribution from that perspective. And I think it was also just another way to see the game of cricket, another lens to understand the game, the perspective, and how business brings it all together. Are you enjoying it? I hope you are. No, I'm having a good time. I think it's you, you also realize that it's far easier in the booth. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's extremely difficult on the pitch, you know. So I think all these things, you start to also have a sense of appreciation of how hard cricket can be for cricketers. I think sometimes when we're playing and we're on the field and we're running, we almost take it for granted when we're going through difficult times. But I think when you're in the commentary box, you appreciate every single moment. Okay, Zico Smith says his commentary was top-notch during the match today. Really, really enjoying it. We brought you in here to talk about the work you do as the president of the South African Cricketers Association. Uh, but before that, are you still playing, right? Yes, I'm still playing for the Lions, contracted there. Uh, we have a really good team as well at the moment. So I think we've, the Lions have done some amazing things. And, and the coach was hit the ground running, eh? Yeah. I Two think trophies <laughs> already. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's often the best way to settle the nerves as a new coach. Mm. You get a few trophies under the belt. People like, create space for you to do your work. So that's often good. And I think from a team perspective, it's also good to get back to winning ways. I think the Lions have always been known under Jeff to be a winning team. So it's very good to see that we're back to that culture as well. I also mentioned earlier that you hold a master's degree in economics and an honors degree in philosophy. How do you find the balance then? The balance, I was lucky when I first started cricket, I was still senior provincial and it wasn't as professional as it is now back then. So while I was studying, while I was at university in Stellenbosch, I found the time to actually focus on my studies and that was my primary focus. So once I was done with my first degree, then I started getting a few opportunities to play for the Cobras and then... I was doing a postgraduate degree, which doesn't require so much classroom time, but it requires mm-hmm. a lot more self-discipline. So that I didn't find too difficult. And yeah, so that's how I kind of continued with it. Even when I turned professional, I continued studying because especially when you're doing postgraduate degrees, it's a lot easier because there's a bit more time. You know, I mean, most intense a training session will be from nine o'clock till two o'clock. Mm. So you've got the afternoon to kind of recover and do your thing. But that's still a lot. I remember Tony Irish saying that he, it's, it's incredible how you've been able to do the studying and to also play your cricket at the same time. But let's go to the voice note here. We've got a voice note. Hi, member. Uh, Zico Smith here. Uh, as I, I watched cricket today and I don't want to lie. Uh, Umpilo's commentary was top-notch. You know, like he, he called balls by their own names. Like, you know, uh, it was not a, a good cricket ball. It was either the knuckle, uh, the knuckle ball, you know, the googly, your cover drives, and you know what? He was good, man. I really, really enjoyed his commentary. Big up to him. Nice one. That reminds me of um, <laughs> Colin from Cape Town, who's not happy with the commentators, always saying, that was a good shot. It was a beautiful shot. He says, you must describe it. It's a cover drive if it's a cover drive, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think sometimes when you've played the game, that that's the lack of... Um, awareness that you sometimes don't have mm. you take it for i mean it's a cover drive through the covers you know you yeah. take it for granted yeah thank you very much for that um awesome thank you, voice now i mentioned about the challenge that you've taken why did you take up this challenge to be president you've been involved um in in, in the structures but why uh, did you feel that you are ready to be president well i think it's uh, a combination of two things i think it's normally the vote of confidence from the other players you get voted in so you don't self-nominate i think the other players felt that was probably the right person to take the organization forward post jp mm. and i wanted to do it primarily because i thought i could serve i could add value to the game i could add value to my fellow players and i think the areas where i could add value is in probably con- 
contributions and conversations around transformation. Um, also from an economic background, how could we grow the business a lot more from a soccer perspective to make sure that the player's financial welfare is always well looked after. So I think my skill sets combined um, made almost made a, for a perfect marriage at this point in time. So I think it's been really good, but it's challenging. You know, it's a very mm. difficult task. Uh, so my role and responsibility there is from a high level, it's about strategy and policy and making sure that our strategy as a as an organization is almost watertight in terms of what we want for our cricketers, what do we want them to do, and how do we also look after them financially. And I think from a policy perspective, it's a different policies around whether it's drinking, smoking, mm. uh, just player behavior, and even f- all the way to transformation. So I think it's really, it's 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 a really well balanced um, organization from that perspective. And I think I have a major role in ensuring also that the executive executes their their roles and that they are at least following on the strategies that we outline on a yearly basis. You keep speaking about we, we, who makes up that executive, who makes up the rest of your support structure? Uh, th- so the, the ex goal, because we often work as a collective, mm-hmm. uh, funny enough, it, it's, f- it's, um, it's current players and that would be Stephen Cook, Fahan Beardin, Mignon Dupree from Women's Cricket and Kaya Zondo from the Dolphins. Dolphins captain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, I, so I think we've, we've moved in leaps and bounds to also make sure that the women's game grows and mm. you can't grow it without having a representative voice for women on the board. So I think it's great to have Minion there. And even though sometimes the scheduling doesn't allow it to come to meetings, but she's fully on the conversations that we have about where the game is going and what uh, Saka is trying to do. And I think the work we've done for women in particular has moved in leaps and bounds. I think it's almost on a parity scale with men. I was about to say because we've spoken to Tony Irish a few times before on this show, and it's it's incredible the strides that have made. Now uh, the girls have contracts, and we're seeing their name that the, the matches yeah. on TV also. Yeah, I think I think the big differential there would probably be wages when it comes to women, mm-hmm. and that's because TV, cricket and sport in large is driven by commercial value. So the more people put money into the women's game, the more money will start going to them. But I think if you look at the education program that we offer, there's other services that we offer. You know the what I call our concierge services. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're really, they're really world-class services in terms of from a personal development and from a, from a educational development. The women have access to all those structures. So I think from that perspective, we made sure that there's enormous amount of parity. And once we kind of narrow the wage gap, and that's largely determined by broadcast and all those things. So I think we'll get there as the woman as the woman's game grows. You've been known to be very vocal in your playing career. Has that worked against you in your career? Because some believe that could be the reason for your lack of senior recognition. I know <laughs> you've made the A side, but you yeah. also talk a lot. Why? Why, why is that? Um, I think I just. <laughs> I, th- I think the the right word is not appropriate for radio, but I I think I'm just I'm driven by my conscience. I'm driven by a sense of justice. I think if there are certain things, if they're not right within our cricket system, somebody has to, you kind of have to point it out that certain things are not moving the right direction. And I think South Africans in general, actually, they don't like people who state their opinions. It seems to be a thing that we are against and mm. people want to sideline those people. And I think it's a culture we've got to turn around. We've got to actually start talking to each other rather than almost saying if somebody has a view that is contrary to ours, He's the enemy, you know. I'm far from an enemy for most people. But I think you're right. I think um, it might have played a part, but I'm quite comfortable also with that decisions I've made mm. in terms of taking on certain challenges for players. And, yeah, I think the game rewards you in many other ways that you don't perhaps expect. There was a letter written 
by a group called Black Players in Cricket. You were part of that. Uh, that you once wrote to Cricket SA. It made headlines. At that time, what is it that the players were not happy about? I, th- I think the lack of parity. I think there was a sense that there was no parity amongst players um, across the color line. You know, so that was that, you know, it, it, and I think it came through various channels, you know, whether it was um, the senior provincial level, it had a different dynamics that we were working out at a franchise level. There's also different dynamics that kick in, you know, at an international level. There are also different dynamics. I think that's what drove that. And I think what players wanted to do, they also wanted to say, we are here on merit. Mm -hmm. We are good enough. We are excellent players on our own accord. And if we're not going to be given that status, then we'd rather be left out. And I think that's a fair that's a fair ask. It's not. A, I think nobody wants to be dragged along just for the cause. I think you want to be given a fair opportunity to showcase your ability. And once you've done that, if you're not good enough and you're found wanting, then somebody else must come and do the better job. How was that letter received? Because there was a lot of secrecy around it. I mean, we had to dig and dig for information as the media. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't received in a positive light initially. I think everyone thought it was a, was some type of rogue unit that had just broken out into cricket. But it was mainly an appeal. It was we, we were seeking a conversation, a meaningful one, not just a conversation for the sake of it. And we, we got to it. We, got, we made enormous amount of strides. There was a lot of change after that letter came through. And I think that's what people don't recognize. And I think it, it achieved its intended goal in a sense that it allowed... A, for, I think, administrators to understand the frustrations of players on the field, in the change room, and everywhere around the team. And for the first time, you could get a sense that now people have an understanding of the issues. Now we can start working towards finding solutions, even though they may not be perfect ones. If you've just joined us, we are talking to the president of the SA Cricketers Association and professional cricket player, uh, Umpile Aramela. You can call us on 891 104207 Our SMS line is 40938. And on WhatsApp, we take voice notes on 061-4104-107. Call SAFM right now on 0891-104-207. Still talking to Umpile Aramela here about uh, the, the, about Saka, the South African Cricketers Association. What are some of the programs now that you offer the players as 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 Saka? I think our part, our flagship program is the Player Plus program, and what that is is basically a three tiered program, and that looks at players at different levels, and it says as a player, what it is that you require to do in your career. So you need to make sure that you have a plan for your game, which is the cricket, which mm-hmm. is the now. And then it also looks at your future. And I think this is something that many sports neglect. So what in the player prize program, we focus on career and transitioning out of the program. So a player will have to sit down with their player development manager and manage their way out of cricket. But that program starts when you enter professional cricket. And you will be sat down and you'll be encouraged to draw up a plan. And it doesn't matter. If you want to go to university, SACA will support that. If you want to go do vocational training, We'll support that if you want to do skills trades artisan whatever it is that you're skilled at we will support that so that you have a plan post that i mean i know of a guy um buren hendrix yeah he's very good at woodwork and i think he gets support from saka oh. you know so he's a carpenter he builds cupboards and all that stuff so he's very skilled like that and he gets the additional support if and when required so the player plus program is a very dynamic program it also has a lot of personal development looking at the individual saying if you are having psychological issues how can we get you to the best um, psychologist if you're having family problems how can we assist so that we are we create the necessary environment to allow all the players to excel 
So if players are having all kinds of issues, they often go to their PDMs, who then draws up a plan of how to solve those problems. So it's really it's an excellent program, and I think something that and are they taking it up? Yeah, players are taking it up, and I think our bursary success rate at the moment of the bursaries we've handed, I think about eighty six players have completed and have gotten qualifications of various kinds, and I think it's been terrific. It's um, it shows that players are always willing to study and it, and it's different kinds of courses I think some of the national guys have also gotten on board and even on tour you'll see them doing business management courses because they've, some of them are running businesses so it's often vital for them to have that type of support to understand what's happening with their money and to be better money managers and that whole program is really run out of Saka's office and it has a dedicated team that makes sure that all the players are well serviced and that they get almost first-class service to allow them to be excellent cricketers and also with the future in mind. Okay, let's go to Mdange. That's called us from uh, Cape Town. Oh, okay, we don't have Mdange. I'm going to try and get him back on the line there. Mdange, you did call us uh, from Cape Town, if you can get back to us. How's your relationship with Cricket South Africa? Our relationship with Cricket South Africa is that of... Um, <laughs> it's how players will often be with administrators. It's a, it's a healthy relationship, I think, at some level, um, in a sense that players are, are the... So main stakeholders in cricket at the moment, yeah. you know, but I've, often that relationship gets difficult when it comes to around MOU times because it's often negotiations about who gets what, what are the player benefits. And I think as Saka, we're really trying to say to CSA all the time that players are your assets and you've got to invest in them all the time. Make sure that they're well polished, well looked after. And once the players are playing well on the field and South Africa is back to number one, that's how we make the money. That's how that's the business of cricket, you know. So we have to have that understanding and we have to collaborate with that understanding to say how do we produce cricketers and also from a soccer perspective, how do we produce well rounded cricketers that are dynamic that can also after cricket contribute to the world at large. Mdange, are you back? Oh, okay. We don't have Mdange in Cape Town. Apologies uh, for that. And then somebody also says, "Are you? Do you share ideas with football, especially about this player plus that you've mentioned? Is it something that you can share a blueprint with football? Are you open to that?" Yeah, we're certainly open. I think we've been looking for avenues to try and get this player plus um, program out onto the market, in a sense. And I think we 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 want to help fo- football. And I think we're definitely open to that conversation to say, here's a program that is well established. It's been running for the last 15 years or so. And it's we've kind of, you know, through iteration of making mistakes over and over again, we've polished it and gotten it better over time. And I think we've got a full understanding of what's required to service players at almost at an individual level and also holistically. Mm. And and then what's next now? What What else are you focusing on? Uh, what I'm focusing on at the moment, I think it's mainly the cricket, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to build that, and I'm trying to make sure that um, I also have a plan post-cricket. I think that's the most important thing for me. I think um, I'm, I'm also working into, I think at the moment I have too many thoughts in my head individually <laughs> about what I should do. So once my brain has calmed down a little bit, I'll decide which avenue I want to go into. But I'd love to go into corporate for a bit to learn um, new skills, to learn corporate skills that are more um, that can, at a later stage, perhaps give back to the game of cricket in perhaps an administrative capacity. So I think that's where kind of my road is leading towards, is going into the corporate world, trying to learn a new set of business skills, um, how to run businesses, how to run hopefully large businesses as well, mm. and to feedback, and in a few years to be able to feed back into the economy 
of cricket or even if it's into the broader economy of South Africa, I think it will be meaningful contribution. Murolong says, we are led here by Umpile Aramela, refreshing interview. And uh, somebody wants to know, how long is your term? Uh, my term is two years and it's often reviewed after every two years. Okay. Um, in the past, there used to be one-year terms, but I think um, in the last almost four, in the last five years, we actually started having two-year terms for stability and I think also to make sure that there's continuity. So when you onboard new members of the EXCO, you don't want to have a loss of information. You still want to have guys with a bit of knowledge that have been in the system. Great stuff. Umpile, thank you for joining us. I'm sure it's not the last that we speak to you, uh, but it's interesting to find out what is it that you do. And we thought we should put it out there and highlight uh, your role as the president of SACA. No, thank you very much for having me. And it's been a great, um, it's been a pleasure of mine. And we're loving the commentary. You're back on tomorrow? Uh, I will be back on 10 o'clock live on SABC. So, yeah, we look forward to an intriguing day of Test Match Cricket. It should be fun. And let's just hope that more wickets fall. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Biased commentators here on SABC. And before we go, the draw for the quarterfinals of the Nedbank Cup, done and dusted. Celtic up against Arrows. Bidvers Vets will play Chippa United. Kaiser Chiefs have been drawn to face Cape Town City. And it will be Cape Umoya versus TX Galaxy. Uh, so that is the draw for the Nedbank Cup quarterfinals. Of course, there will be a new champion this year after Free State Stars were knocked out in the first round.